0: Welcome to another Acoustic Alternatives. I'm John Bomerito from Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. It is a place that has the motto get out of the garage and get into the studio place for musicians, like the one I have locally here, who could uh, take a band practice and move it here so it doesn't annoy his neighbors. Though in his case, it probably doesn't annoy his neighbors. He lives on a pretty big plot. But other musicians in the Ann Arbor, Detroit area might benefit from knowing about Grove Studios and the fantastic facility that is here. I don't know. Uh, Adam LeBeau is here. Ha- Adam, have you been here before? No, first time. I should show you around before I, we I would like that, yeah. Finish. There's, there's uh, several sizes of studios. There's the Deluxe Studio, which allows somebody like you to bring a whole band in and uh, there's drum kits and seems you know,
1: like a great deal yeah there's
0: a half size one if you just want to have a small combo and then there's a dj room and obviously a podcast room here where i'm broadcasting from today
1: one point i thought about doing something similar myself but i was like musicians can't afford to pay for practice space
0: this is pretty affordable <laughs> you, you you'd be surprised so yeah no this is this is a pretty cool place And i know some of my previous guests have have been in the studios before doing their thing so um I, it is not a new concept but i'm glad that the Gosh, two and a half or so years ago, they said, Hey, we think you should do a podcast and you should do it here since you don't have your radio job anymore. I'm like, Yeah, we don't need another music podcast. And they said, No, come on, we want you to be. Okay, fine. And once twist I start- my arm. Once I, well, I'm mean, going to really kind of resist it, but once I started doing it, I realized I had been missing this the conversation with my local music friends to talk about their latest albums or talk about their lives, and let them play some music for me. And uh, just so happens, this album's not out yet as of today's recording. Not yet. How do I have that?
1: <laughs> He's on a special list I'm special <laughs> Music friends, friends of music
0: Mom said so uh-huh. The album's called Brave Face, Adam LeBeau is here Would you like to just start with the song? We'll talk some
1: stuff Sure, sure Why don't I uh, go ahead and use the uh, the first single as a, as a launching point so This is called Clutch
0: Great plan
2: on the pedal free the wheel it's a range of motion it's a change of gears and I can see it spinning though I don't Oh, I'm here. And it's a long way back from the river home. I know that I lingered too long. Now that I'm here, I don't want it no more. But I should have known. bonds hold on to the rhythm hold on to the song hold on to the reason Risk it all and hold the light above me so I might see who loved me before I go, and it's low. Should have known it's built in our bones. Time is all I have, like to play. I wish for patience And I hope for grace And I know there's people Who stand up And raise their heads To bear the weight And it's a long Know that I lingered too long. Now that I'm here, I don't want it no more. But I should've known. And it's a long na ah bon
0: My guest today on Acoustic Alternatives, Adam LeBeau and a track from his new album called Clutch. When uh, I first heard the album, that one immediately jumped out at me and I suggested that that would be the first single. Had I not said that, what would have been your choice for the first single off the record? Same <laughs> I should thing.
1: give you all the credit, but...
0: Uh, no, I don't want the credit. I just want to know what your thoughts were before I said anything. <laughs> it,
1: uh, a lot of it had to do with uh, with other people that I also like uh, gave early exposure to it, but mostly something about it just, even to me, felt kind of special. Um, it's, uh, the whole album kind of took on a life of its own, but that one very specifically like once it was birthed and, uh, happened, it just seemed to have a special spark to it. It does. That might've been Amy Petty. I don't know. But. That voice does stand out and
0: like anywhere, any, any song, any crowd, I mean, uh-huh. that, that voice cuts through. <laughs> <laughs> right into me <laughs> great stuff well thank you for playing that and the video for that is available And there's a second video and we'll get to that as mm-hmm. we go through the conversation but let's back way up since this is being recorded the day after mother's day and yeah. before i continue can you pull the microphone just so that uh, i forgot to do this before we this uh, so here. that so this is lined up with your mouth a little better sure there we go that. that's ooh, little, yeah. it needs a little bit of uh, help standing still um, day after mother's day so where did you first meet your mother? <laughs> <laughs> where, in other words, where did you grow up is what I'm, trying to say. I'm just like, saying oh, that's, that's asking, a really
1: weird approach to that I, so, that I, question. I'm,
0: I'm asking it differently
1: oh. because of the day. I'm
0: going to back that up. Hey, look at I'm go. just going to
1: come in for it. Uh, I grew up in Midland, Michigan. Okay. Uh, Land of Dow Chemical. I knew that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> did your dad work for Dow? Mom worked for Dow.
1: Uh, no, my dad was a pharmacist, and my mom, uh, she just, uh, <laughs> she was an entrepreneur. Okay. <laughs> she ran all kinds of businesses, had all kinds of ideas, and uh, was kind of a
0: creative. Who else do I know like that? <laughs> Adam LeBeau is just like. Do you know where
1: I got that from? I don't know. I'm a pharmacist on the side, but that's only the back alley.
0: Oh, honestly. oh, we shouldn't no, talk about that no, video. No, no, it's no, being no. recorded. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long did you stay in the Midland? Area.
1: Um, I was in Midland until I was 24.
0: So you're very formative years, all yeah, of them. Yeah, and then I
1: got out as fast as I could. As every <laughs> child in Midland does, they dream of getting out over the Delta and uh, uh, jumping out. And I moved out to the West Coast.
0: Well, what do kids do in Midland for fun?
1: <laughs> More of that back alley stuff. <laughs> We're it's, back to that. Smoke cigarettes and play guitars. Yeah. Really?
0: Okay. Yeah. Did you have other hobbies? Like, did you play sports at all? Oh, no. I am so uncoordinated.
1: I was actually just talking about this. I Catch. I, oh. I broke my nose once as a kid playing basketball in the backyard by myself.
0: Uh, that's not supposed to happen no, that way.
1: Ever. Just an elbow know. in the face or something. <laughs> I elbow myself. That's right.
0: <laughs> so when did music become the focus of Adam's life then? It,
1: it honestly, it was something that I always wanted. Um, it wasn't something my parents encouraged because I don't have musicians in the family anywhere. It wasn't that they didn't like music, they were music lovers, it just that it wasn't something that they knew how to encourage me to do. Mm. Uh, So, I mean, I uh, listened all the time, I was in choir uh, when I was in grade school, actually straight up through high school, and I used to sing myself little songs on the way home from school, but Mm. it was that first moment when I saw KISS... (laughs)
0: <laughs> you wanted to rock and roll all night oh and party God. every day.
1: Superheroes <laughs> with guitars. How do you beat that? Yeah. And then I was jumping off a, off of chairs in the living room, uh, playing air guitar.
0: Breaking noses a different way.
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
0: that's, that's the right way for at least uh-huh. your career path. That makes sense. Um, there was a question I was thinking of while you were talking and I was being polite and not interrupting. And guess what? I lost it. Um, <laughs> I just talked it right out. Of you. And no, it was the siblings question. So yeah. you, you said, and your family, is it? How many siblings are there?
1: I, I had a brother. Oh. Uh, yeah, he was uh, uh, lost his life in Texas. Uh, Sorry. He got into a disagreement with some police.
0: Mm-hmm. It's an upset. Sorry about mm-hmm. that.
1: No, it's okay. That's okay. It was a long time ago.
0: Yeah, I understand. We'll talk about something else off air that's a long time ago that I get asked all the time. It's like, yeah, you don't really want to know the answer to the question, so I know exactly how you felt when I asked that. Mm-hmm. Um so first record you bought. This is a question I'm gonna ask my next guest next week <laughs> and she's only like twenty and I got to thinking about asking somebody who's twenty the first record they bought. Are they gonna have an answer for that? They just stream music. Do they even buy anything anymore?
1: Wow. But for you
0: Yeah. But for you you have a first record you bought. Record stores,
1: yeah. The one that first record that I bought with my own money was a forty five and it was on the dark side by the Beaver Brown Ooh, band. Oh nice.
0: <laughs> John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown. Yeah, uh-huh. was it because of the movie or just you heard on the radio? Uh,
1: we, we, we had HBO at home. We finally okay. had cable. It was one of those things, and I saw the movie, and I thought it was a really, really cool song. Yeah. So is Springsteen one of your influences? Actually, no. I hated Springsteen oh. until I
2: saw him. That's
1: that's really strong language, and I apologize to <laughs> anyone who I just offended. That's okay. um, no. It was just something about him just never uh, rang for me. And I want to see, It was actually when I moved back to Michigan, I, I watched a, a concert of his, and I've never seen a more dynamic, more powerful uh, performer, and it really blew me away. Apparently, I, he still
0: I've, does that at this age. I'm,
1: I'm still blown away.
0: <laughs> yeah. Have you seen him since? No, no. I saw him once. It was a palace show many years ago, like the late okay. '80s, early '90s, and yeah, it was incredible. I mean, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing him again, but I don't have the disposable income it takes to go see him in these uh-huh. days. Well, who, I
1: can't afford to see a concert anymore myself unless <laughs> I put it on. That's, so.
0: <laughs> that's one way to handle it. Uh-huh. Um, your bio says deeply rooted in folk, classic rock, funk, pop, and soul. Okay. So that's one, two, three, four, five. Genres of music. Yeah, yeah. Pick a couple of favorites from each genre. <laughs> Favorite and folk. Favorites and folk.
1: Oh, favorites and folk. Um, so I grew up on my dad's record collection, and while he listened to a lot of rock and roll, um, I David Crosby is one of my heroes. Uh, you know, I uh, was sorry about his passing, and I was actually uh, very quiet when it happened as opposed to everyone else posting just because. I was too affected that um, uh, David Crosby, uh, something about him and the magic that he's able to put into a song um, and just kind of disappear in it. Even if he's just in the front, it's like this gorgeous uh, piece of work that he just, I don't know, creates out of the ether, and it just really blows me away.
0: When he passed away, I stumbled into a couple of videos where they had recorded live Phil Collins promoting the album that he was on, and David singing background Like, It just really, like you said, he really stood out, even as a background vocalist for Phil Collins. The
1: glue in so much, and you just, you can't, like, if you were listening to CSN, you can hear Still's Mm -hmm. voice, you can hear Graham Nash, you can hear Neil Young, but it's really hard to pick David out. But if you take him out of the mix, his parts were just that brilliant glue. So, yeah, so David was certainly one. Um, I, uh, uh, Bruce Colburn is somebody who, uh, I discovered at a young age and, uh, he was uniquely mine and I liked that about him.
0: One of the benefits of living in a border town like I did, Detroit, or if you grew up in Midland, you probably weren't getting the same thing, but the Canadian radio influence where we got yeah. to hear things that weren't necessarily... American hits, but Bruce definitely
1: is... I Actually, I love sharing the story if we've got time for for how I... (laughs) You (laughs) have to be
0: somewhere at 7 for another interview, so not me. I just um, have the studio booked at 7.
1: Yeah, so so Bruce Coburn came to me. So at that time, I was listening to a lot of Grateful Dead and a lot of Bob Dylan, uh, Simon and Garfunkel. And I was uh, selling roses on a street side stand. And I was just at the tail end of my day. And this guy pulled up in a Lincoln Continental... And he had, like, a Ben Franklin hairdo and a scruffy beard. And he had, like, one of those old-school, like, dangly, lightning bolt earrings. And he just asked how much a dozen roses were. And I kind of gave him the rundown. And he goes, like, far out, man. Like, can you tell me all that again? And so I gave him that. <laughs> and he bought two dozen roses. And as he was leaving, he turned his car on. And I was like, wow, that's, like, what is that that's playing? That sounds great. And he proceeded to tell me about who Bruce Coburn is. And... Uh, and then he left, and then he pulled back around and came back in and handed me the cassette out of his car, and it had Falling Dark on it, and another album, and he said, just listen to this, and so I did, and I was just changed, and then a week later, he came back, got his cassette back from me, and gave me <laughs> another one that had the live circles in the stream on it, and yeah, I Do you know I this just, guy's name even? No, he just disappeared. That was all he ever did wow. in my life, and I've never seen him since, wow. and he just Gave me Bruce Coburn. And
0: wow, that's a really cool story. Yeah. All right, so that covers folk. Actually, covers classic rock almost too. <laughs> but if you want to throw in a different classic rock, because you said Crosby, Hills Nash, you said Simon Garfunkel, Grateful Dead, which I think would personally uh-huh. qualify as classic rock. Sure. Uh, funk,
1: funk. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I honestly, I would attribute that to uh, Sly and the Family Stone, um, and Stevie Wonder, of oh, course. Yeah. Uh, you know, which pushes into the soul as well. Um, I'm I'm not sure if it's because I'm a native Michigander, but Motown Probably. just runs in my veins.
0: Probably because yeah. we get a lot of it. Uh-huh. We're proud of it. Steeped <laughs> in it, yes. And Stevie had that run of records in the early '70s. They were also great. And you it just boom, 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 couldn't boom. avoid it. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, pop
1: pop music. Well, I, mean, I grew up on pop. You know, that's, that's. I mean, almost everything that you would listen to on the radio was in a pop format. And even if it was rock and roll, it was still pop. Um, my babysitters listened to country music, so all those AM stations. And so, you know, Kenny Rogers, to me, was still a pop song. Um, and so True. I kind of grew into that. Um, you know, I even, uh, you know, I, I was actually into the monkeys before I was into the Beatles. <laughs> Shame on you. It's
0: okay. I'm sure I have They had a better TV to, show, man. The Beatle cartoons, though, I used to rush home from, from uh-huh. elementary school to watch. Once I discovered the Beatles, which was after Paul McCartney. But anyway. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, you were Wings first? <laughs> uh, my first single was Listen to What the Man Said by Paul okay. Okay. And i like, oh, this guy was in another band. I was seven. <laughs> like, give me, you know, give me a little grace there. Oh, you're forgiven. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Soul. We already kind of covered yeah. funk. I guess soul is a slightly different genre, according to your...
1: Yeah, vibe. so, I mean, I, again, I kind of throw that in with, with the Motown Cats, and it's it's kind of, it goes different directions. So you started with Motown, which had its own sound, and then, you know, you push off into, I mean, you've got Ritha of course, uh, and James, and Ray Charles, who I, I guess a lot of people would say he's blues.
0: Depends uh, on what era.
1: Yeah, like I mean those Jazz, too. I I gospel. these are some <laughs> of the great regrets of my life is that I didn't get to see Ritha or Ray. Um, I wanted to see Stevie, but again, those ticket prices—I'm <laughs> like, I can't afford two hundred fifty dollars for nosebleeds. <laughs>
0: yeah, I saw the songs in the Key of Life tour. Did you the re- the, the redone one because Brad yeah. Phelps was playing first violin? I'm like, I have to see that. Oh, <laughs> one of my friends is sitting in the first violin chair with the Stevie Wonder show. That's I have to right. go to that. So yeah. I don't remember how much tickets were, but it was the same year—the first and only time I saw Paul McCartney. So it was Ebony and Ivory in the same year. Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta say Ebony was better. I Paul's my favorite uh-huh. of the two, but Stevie put on a better show. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's show was great. I mean it was great, but Stevie's show was fantastic. So yeah. why am I telling you my story? We're <laughs> supposed to be telling your story. Sorry about that. I like to know. I like to know. <laughs> it was relevant for the for the question. <laughs> so Midland is where you started out living and it sounds like you've lived at a lot of different places. Where else have you lived significant portions of your life?
1: Well, significant really it was Midland, San Francisco.
0: That's real close to Midland, yeah. Uh, well, it's a short drive.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I spent a few years out in San Francisco. I mean, the idea was I was going to go to art school, uh, which I did. I went to art school. Uh, it was more of an excuse to just to get out to San Francisco because, as a uh, a neo hippie boy uh, growing up in the Midwest, I, uh, I read the books and I, you know, listened to the music and I wanted to be part of that scene um and i had some idea that that was how to how to do it and while i while i was there while i was going to school full time and working full time i thought that i might you know be part of the music scene too sure why not
0: um kind of a legendary area for music
1: it was it, it, was, it was honestly it was a bit of a disappointment i mean i love the city i love san francisco but when i got there it was a changed place and i just wasn't ready for that um, i just remember there was like a gap at the corner of Hayde ashbury and uh, but what was funny is I was actually looking for a job at the time. And so while I was like sort of judging the city for changing, I'm in a three-piece suit looking for work. <laughs> and so I'm like, you changed too, man. You cut off all your hair and moved to San Francisco. This just went all backwards. Sell out. Yeah, so uh, I was there for uh, uh, about three years and I was reviewing my portfolio at the end of the year. And I realized that anything that wasn't uh, a live uh, model in class, it was music. If I was doing a still life, it was like guitars and four tracks and, and, you know, guitar picks. And if I was doing a portrait, it was like, you know, Count Basie or Bob Dylan.
0: Okay. There's a theme here.
1: <laughs> right. So, like you know, I'm really in the wrong place. And so I did a very, very original thing. And I dropped out of art school to become a musician.
0: <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> So jobs-wise, what kind of jobs besides being a musician have you held? You probably still have a day job right now, I, right? Well, I,
1: I do again since COVID, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, <laughs> how long do we have?
0: Again, <laughs> uh, okay, we'll go with highlights, the ones that were important. I'm not going to mention uh, you know, the three months I worked here.
1: I, I'll say, uh, I mean, I could, yeah, I could go through all kinds of things. I mean, I've dug for drain tiles around houses. I've worked on road crews I helped build some of the, the, the overpasses in Port Huron. Really? Um, you know, managed offices. I've... Uh, yeah, worked outside. But what I'm most proud of actually is uh, music festivals. Uh, I started a music festival with some friends up in Oil City. Nice. Uh, we. It was kind of funny. I had uh, uh, one friend that we just kind of had this idea. We were talking about doing like almost like a mini Woodstock sort of thing where it was uh, three days and you camp over. I mean, it started off with just a free show downtown, but it just was so exciting that we decided to expand it. And at the same time, Two other friends were talking about the same thing, and we got together and had a meeting of minds, and uh, we kind of all joined forces and created this incredible, uh, like, all the counterculture in the Tri-City area came to be part of this thing called the Freak Show.
0: (laughs) I'm not sure you can get away with that name now, but it maybe. was an acronym. It was yeah. an
1: acronym. It was a very oh. clever acronym. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I guess yeah, it wasn't, uh, you know, slamming anybody, I suppose, just ourselves. Um, but yeah, so I was really proud of that. And, uh, you know, I really like enjoy putting out events. So I'd say that's, uh,
0: that's a highlight we'll get to that because i know you still do that but that's mm-hmm. a little farther down the list here. okay okay uh-huh. <laughs> now that we couldn't jump ahead because i know how to move mm-hmm. around um new album is your fourth record for full length i think did you have an ep in there too i'm trying to remember that. No, nope nope just, nope just full length it's okay i appreciate that i like an ep but i never pull it out mm-hmm. and similarly i you know i appreciate when somebody releases a new song but if you only release it as a digital single i'm, I'm probably going to forget i have it or never buy it because i'm mm-hmm. I'm going to pick up this before I grab my digital files and play them. So thank you, A, for recognizing that there's still a value in a thank physical.
1: You f- for enjoying
0: that. <laughs> I do. Well, I'm one of the few people who st- still has a CD player in my car. Uh-huh. I have a CD player desk. Every room in the house pretty much has a CD player because I have 17,000 of them. So there needs to be a place to play them. Um, so I recognize that this is not the most popular format, but you've decided, and I hope rightfully so, that people will come to your shows, see you, and want to take home a souvenir. Right.
1: So well, that's, that's my hope. Right. <laughs> so I mean, ironically, I, it started occurring to me as I was talking to people and friends about the CD coming. And like, I don't have a CD player anymore is what I heard over and over again. So I actually had to order a set of download cards that I, now I'm going to give away to anyone who buys the CD. CD. <laughs> <sighs>
0: I know, they, I know. This is still a good souvenir at the table. It's something you, for them you. to sign. It's it's got all the art and yeah, it's got the space to sign. If, if records can come back, those can come back. Give I, it time. Because These hope are still so. more affordable.
1: Well, I just saw. Didn't Seth Bernard just release on cassette?
0: Like <laughs> people are doing that too. That's not going to last. These have staying power. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may never actually deteriorate in the landfill either, but that's another topic. Well, that's the point.
1: You want to pull it out of the landfill and put it in.
0: <laughs> oh, what is this? Anyway, the new CD has several tracks. We've played one so far. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good talking stopping point for another okay. track. Okay. Give me another two.
2: So Introduce I it. am going to play
1: the uh, the opening track, actually. It's called "Don't Listen." Please continue to listen, but I'm, you know, don't don't listen to the advice that I'm about to tell you. Yeah, about. thanks a
0: lot. Getting people to turn this off, on, uh, right? <laughs> and Mel, uh, no, yeah, here we go.
2: know get out while you can winter's here it's a cold night but it'll be right where you left it but where you are gonna be now i've been falling asleep at the wheel at night i can't get there but don't you listen to me i got my head all full of miles and of coffee lost me it's a thorn it's a crummy it's a crust it's a wet weight down it's a stroke of bad luck getting to get out of the way i've got a head full of ghosts but got nothing to say i believe in the signs i've read said get up now because there ain't nothing ahead Don't you listen to me I got my head off for the miles And better coffee And the conversation lost me Less can be more It's a lesson learned You gotta get in line If you want your turn Don't leave and be me Don't leave too easy You can't get the news If you got no station parley with you to see i can't remember I guess that I'm sorry but don't you listen to me I got my head off for the miles and
0: Don't listen to Adam Lebeau. <laughs> well, I mean, was no. me
1: tune up anyway.
0: <laughs> That's a track from the new album, which is coming out June third. The fourth release from Adam Lebeau, and a track called "Don't Listen." We're in Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. This is a spot, as I mentioned earlier in the program, that is a an excellent choice for getting out of your garage and getting into the studio, uh, located kind of in a quiet industrial area of I- 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 Ipsy. If you're between Ann Arbor, Detroit, you might want to check this out. Uh, just search for Grove Studios Ypsilanti. You'll find it pretty easily. And the uh, booking costs are pretty inexpensive, I would say, compared to some other things I've seen. And I do thank them again for uh, encouraging me to do this because it's fun. I enjoy talking music with friends. I enjoy hearing it uh, five feet away from me. <laughs> I'd
1: like to shout out to Grove Studios myself. Thank you for encouraging
0: John to do this. <laughs> I probably would have lost this the skill set without them. So uh, This keeps me busy when I'm not doing my regular job. What keeps you busy when you're not making music right now?
1: Uh, Well, (laughs) (laughs) for a day job or otherwise? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Uh, both, I guess. Day job, I'm I'm in realty right now. uh, So I've been doing that for the past few years. I was actually uh, just looking to supplement my income. And so I got my realtor's license and then... uh,
0: out. and a phone is in airplane mode
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh yeah so i uh got my realtor's license and started at a firm and about a week later the whole country shut down
0: oh that's a good time
1: <laughs> Right,
0: I remember something happening
1: <laughs> i'm not sure what but uh, yeah indeed. i feel like i
0: lost my job too <laughs> yeah i did
1: so it uh, was yeah. a pretty big game changer yeah um which uh Actually, it's, it's funny that uh, it all kind of segues together uh, in that you know, while I was trying to launch that business, uh, my gig uh, career just completely dried up and I had no more opportunities to play. And so I actually ramped up uh, the shows I was putting on at uh, my house or the Broken Branch and so started a concert series out there. Uh, well, actually expanded on a concert series out there and uh, been doing that, which takes a lot of time.
0: Does it have its own website?
1: Oh, indeed it does. We could
0: direct people there right now (laughs) because you you are the first show.
1: So it'd be A2 Broken Branch. It's Facebook, actually. So uh, I used to have it as part of my website and decided to sort of separate those out a little bit. So yes, Facebook uh, slash A2 Broken Branch.
0: Is it still the same format where it's free, but please donate to the artists?
1: Absolutely it is. So the way that it works is it's all love and uh, grassroots and out of pockets. Uh, the summer series that leads up to the final show uh, is uh, yes, free, and all the donations go directly to the performers that are playing um, and, as it should be. Yeah, so I'm, I'm even paying out of pocket for the sound tech and uh, you know all, all the uh, the promotions, et cetera. And then the final show, which this year because it's the 10 year anniversary, uh, we're doing two nights. Uh, So that night, I'm actually, I'll pay all the bands and all the donations come back to the house. So hopefully I can recoup a little bit of the costs of putting on the whole thing every year.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so your first show is you and Amy. We mentioned Amy earlier as playing with you. What day is that show?
1: So that's June uh, 3rd. Okay. uh, That's
0: CD release day. CD release day. It's funny how that works. Hmm, Very convenient, I would say. Indeed. CD will be available for the first time at that show. Uh, Except for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you meet
1: John in the alley, yes. Beat me
0: up for it, uh, which I really don't recommend you doing. I'm Italian. I have a temper. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> I've seen him throw down, man. No, you haven't.
0: Uh, some of these songs, I know that there are earlier performance videos for, so you've been living with a few of them for a while. How long are, How long have you been working on this record?
1: Well, that's, so this record itself, I, I guess that's a really interesting question. I've kind of got to double back on that, because you're right. There, there are a couple of those that I have had in the, uh, in the pocket. Um, and I never really write with the intention of an album. I usually just write until... I feel like I have enough good ones to make an album or enough finances to go back into the studio and cut an album. (laughs) And uh, so I'd say that there's a few of these that are, you know, that that maybe predate COVID uh, a few years old, but a bunch of them were actually written uh, during lockdown.
0: Okay. How long do you typically live with a song before you decide if it's ready for public consumption? Is there like a grace period you give yourself? Not even a little bit. As no? You, fact, you write one one day and play it the next day out?
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, the last album I had, a funk song that I wrote, that I, I liked the groove so much, but I didn't have lyrics until the night before. Mm. I just knew that I wanted it to be on the album. Mm. and
0: uh, <laughs> That's one way to do it.
1: Yeah, it's just a little pressure. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I don't really have um, that sort of uh, a steeping period uh, so some songs will actually develop after the recording. Um, I'll find maybe I like different lyrics or I want to add or subtract parts to it, uh, which is actually something I learned from Bob Dylan's approach is that he doesn't really seem to care um, about your attachment to a given song or that you're in a band that's playing with him. I understand that at certain points he's changed the tempo, <laughs> the rhythm and the, and the lyrics. <laughs> so good luck. <laughs> but it's still called whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. how does how does one play along with Bob Dylan if that's yeah. the rules? Yeah,
1: I'm not I'm not that drastic, but uh, but yeah, I kind of like things to uh, continue to grow and develop. So, and answer to your question, some were very new, and some were uh, a couple years old. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, then there's the do you write? It sounds like you might write music before you write lyrics or do you write either way, whichever comes to you.
1: It's mostly together. Okay. Um, th- I, I've had it happen in both different directions. Um, and sometimes I'll do the, the matchbook thing where, uh, if everyone remembers what matchbooks are, match, were, are, uh, yes. Are they a thing still? I guess they're still a thing, but I, I mean, you don't pick them up in bars anymore. I
0: don't, yeah, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when, we used to write things down. We yeah. had ideas. we jot them down on matchbooks. So plot your have, phone
0: now and use the notes, right? Uh-huh,
1: <laughs> yeah. So I might have a collection of uh, napkins and matchbooks and I might piece those together and try to make a song out of it. But generally, for me, um, I might hear a melody. Um, I might be messing around on the guitar and find a chord structure and then I'll do this uh, kind of a phonetic Thing, where it's melody and just kind of mush-mouthing things and then words just kind of come out of it. And That's then, Phil
0: Callen's approach, as you may it? know. Okay. You didn't know. No. Maybe you didn't. He used to actually release sometimes as B-sides of his singles, those kinds of versions of other songs. So yeah. it's like the mushroom mouth. I don't know what I'm going to say, but this is, this is the timbre or whatever. And it sounds like this. It's then You just do that in the song. And they released that as a B-side. Like, I guess we're desperate for B-sides. This is cool. I
1: guess. I think Bob Dylan's released that A-side.
0: Yeah. I think that's exactly right. Uh, are there typical topics that are for you easier to write about or you just whatever you're strike? Yeah, it yeah.
1: tends to be, you know, whatever the song says. And it sounds very metaphysical that way, but it's it's the truth for me. Like I, I might be inspired by something like, you know, there's songs in this album that have a lot to do with what was going on in the world at the time. Uh, you know, whether it's COVID or, uh, uh, you know, the, the BLM movement, um, you know, there's it, it those things seep in. But I don't like to push a song around a lot. I find that when I come with too much intent, it sounds forced. Hmm. Okay. Um, And so I just kind of let it tell me what it needs. And then I'll just, I might polish it a little bit.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Uh, The lyrics to the entire album are already on your website. I was kind of surprised to see L. Lively's name with that. L. doesn't live anywhere near you. How do you know L? (laughs) Since I know L through the Michigan Music Alliance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I met L. It was one of those events that uh, Michigan Music Alliance was putting on through a mutual friend, uh, Jen Prinkert, out of uh, uh, Kalamazoo area, who booked me to play Arcadia Ales once upon a time. We became fast friends then. Uh, And so I saw uh, uh, Elle in a panel. And again, we've just been traveling peripherally. And uh, I saw that she was doing some consulting. And this particular album, I'm so very, very proud of. It's absolutely the best work I've ever done.
0: I'll agree.
1: Uh, Thank you. Wait, did you say you'll agree? I'll agree. Okay, just making sure that was what I heard. No,
0: that's what you heard. <laughs> so, I, I streamed the other ones as I was prepping because I don't have them. I, I have this one, but this one has a yeah. It, go ahead.
1: Sorry. Thank you, thank you. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm very very proud of it. And again, like I, I kind of feel like when when you release a song when a, uh when it happens, it's like it's not really yours anymore. And so I, I'm I'm having this very third party sort of detachment from it. And I just feel like it's good enough that I wanted to respect the album and I wanted to release it properly. So I reached out to Al to uh, give me a little consultation as in like, how are the kids doing it these days? (laughs) (laughs) What do you do do to release an album now? Because I'm not exactly uh, social media literate. I mean, I could use it, but I don't really enjoy it.
0: You so, don't speak that language.
1: That's right. So okay. I, I had to hire somebody hip to come and tell me how to do it. And then she
0: she transcribed your lyrics and was the poster of the lyrics. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And I Just like, this is interesting. She's <laughs> not writing the songs, but she's associated with all the lyric posts. All <laughs> righty <Any of> then. <laughs> I will figure that out. Uh, on the occasions where you do write a lyric first, because mm-hmm. that happens, you said, uh, do you have, when you're writing the lyric, any sort of a an idea what the mood of the song is going to be since you cover different genres of music in your style. No, no. Just no. <laughs> you approach it, you look at it you go, all right, I got this. What yes. does it sound like? As a matter of
1: fact, there's been times when I've had lyric sets that I was really proud of, and as soon as they met the melody and the chords, they had to change. And there might, you know, three quarters of it might get dumped. Um, and then I'll save those away to hopefully come back to later and <laughs> using something else. But oftentimes I just don't give back to them. Fair
0: enough. Are you one of those songwriters that if somebody says, hey, is that song about such and such? You're like, yeah. And you say that no matter what they say. Or (laughs) if I asked you.
1: I I wish I was that cool. I really do. Like I always try to to be aloof and let people interpret them how they want to. I I do admit that I, I try to make sure that the fully fleshed out lyrics tend to have some ambiguity to them. Uh, because I like it to to be open ended and a little bit amorphous, where it can change. It changes to me sometimes. Um, on my last album, I uh, released a song that I wrote for my daughter, and it ended up being more for my mom when she passed. Hmm. Um, and hmm. so, like, there's songs that, that change meaning for me. And so, but that said, eventually I have to put intent behind it, uh, just for me to be able to remember the lyrics. I have to I have to know what the story means. Yeah. Um, and uh, usually it's that third verse that kind of locks it all in place.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I go through what I think the song's about and you correct me along Not the way? At all, Play teacher with me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so brave face, I think, is about facing difficult times. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I got it. You're absolutely right. But let me tell you what the inspiration was for that. Yeah. Um, it was when the Super Bowl was hit in Detroit, hmm. um, and I remember that Kwame Kilpatrick did this thing that instead of sinking a bunch of money into the city to repair these downtrodden areas, he put facades on the buildings. And so they looked like they were pretty buildings for all the people coming and visiting and all the cameras, but it was nothing just just a brave face. You know, mm. And I felt like Detroit has been through so many hard times, and that stayed with me for years until I finally sat down and wrote something kind of about that much more personally. But uh, yeah. Hard times.
0: Those people need to come back and look at it now, because it actually isn't so bad.
1: It's not so bad anymore, yeah. All
0: right, pass it around about getting together with friends. Indeed, indeed. That is exactly what that song is about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I wanted to write something. So that one was one that actually had a little bit more intent to it. Um, I wanted to write something that was danceable, um, and that was about having a good time, and that's just kind of spilled out.
0: Yeah. Uh, the River, life choices in general. Mm,
1: yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, that's, so the river was uh, about a very, very difficult time. I'm not going to be very specific about this. It's okay. If
0: it hurts it, I don't want to.
1: But I was I was in the middle of something good, and then the next day I had a choice to make.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was this way or that way, and there didn't seem to be a right answer. There was, there was no right answer. I wouldn't say there was necessarily a wrong answer either, but it was just no matter what, it was going to hurt.
0: Then I'm going to probably run into some trouble as I continue this list. <laughs> the big reveal, a developing relationship.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. So I I didn't even intend it to be. That was one that I just completely let the lyrics tell the story. And I like the way it came out. And that's more of a, a hindsight. Um, that was about a breakup.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I had it backwards. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it. Not doing so well. Yeah. Uh, hold On, that is a broken relationship.
1: Ah, okay, My so... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct you on that one. But, <laughs> but see, I love this. Uh, <laughs> I, should, I should just like, stop telling you the actual... No, no, no. you're actually right. No, no. Um, hold On is actually um, the most political song I think I've ever written. Hmm. Uh, it had a lot to do with global warming. It had a lot to do with the, the madman that was in office uh, that seemed to be at the helm of everything and not caring that just everything was just... Going uh, going south in a handbasket.
0: Yeah, to bet he was not a madman across the water and oops, I fell in. Uh,
1: <laughs> they wouldn't have him. <laughs> no,
0: uh, make a mess. A love song before the broken relationship. Uh, yeah. That one actually, I woke up with in my head this morning. By the way,
1: well, that's uh, that's funny you should say that. Yeah, because that was kind of a a song that came to me when I was waking up. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, make a mess. I like uh, the way that turned out. It's a uh, nice song. It's a uh, one that's really about. Relationships, and that what makes something beautiful in a relationship isn't all the perfect moments. It's all the the jagged pieces and the the, the weird ways that we fit together. And you know, that's uh, I think that's the best part of finding a, a perfect someone is their imperfections.
0: Nice. Then I had trouble. Then I thought, as I'm asking the questions about the music first or lyrics first, maybe these are ones that music came first and the lyrics came second or I'm just unable to figure out what it is you're trying to say. And I apologize cause I tried. No, I appreciate that you did. <laughs> so let's go with them in the, order. clutch, which is my pick for this. I don't really know what clutch is about other than I know clutch is like you're shifting gears, but, mm-hmm. I, but I'm having trouble with like, what else is going on there? Yeah,
1: so, so clutch very, very specifically was me trying to process uh, uh, the, the COVID pandemic um, the, what it actually had stemmed from was uh, my partner at the time she was telling me about how the RNs and I'm getting a little emotional talking about this but she was talking about how the RNs were were holding phones over people mm-hmm. while they were passing away yeah. so their families could be with them yeah. and I was thinking about like the person in the in the hospital bed holding on to their life clutching onto their lives and the person with the phone clutching onto the phone. And then the metaphor uh, sort of kind of just came out. And so that was how I processed that. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That helps. The rules. Okay. So (laughs) if you don't want to, you can skip no, 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 no. Skip the button on John.
1: This is, this is again, me just like, I had a whole lot of different uh, uh, things going on in the world and nothing to do but think about them. And, there were a lot of different uh, pieces that rolled into it. Um, So uh, the uh, uh, trans movements and uh, uh, body ambiguities is in there, talking about the kids. Um, The uh, Black Lives movement, again, was in there. Um, And, uh, you know, I I was kind of thinking about how desperate the times were. And there's that, that moment when I say it's... I kind of like the look of my glass. I can barely see it. My glass is half full, but I'm good with that. And, like, you know, things are kind of crazy, but, you know, so long as we're kind of all in this together and just keep a positive attitude, everything's going to be all right. Okay. Yeah.
0: Two left. Don't listen.
1: Oh, don't listen. Um,
0: Which you've already done.
1: But. Yeah, don't listen is really, uh, it's, it's a classic road song. Um, It's kind of that idea. Like, I I spent a good five, six years just traveling, playing music, and uh, getting that kind of like delirious midnight head bob. And uh, I guess in my mind, it was a lot about just the nonsensical conversations you might have with someone while trying to stay awake.
0: (laughs) Being part of different bands that you've been part of. Yeah. Uh Okay. That's right. Fair enough. And then straw man, I'm lost. What's a straw man.
1: Yeah. So what's funny is actually, um, that's, this is one of those ones where, um, I wrote it and I knew what the words were. I knew what the lyrics were. And, uh, what a dictionary definition of what a straw man is, isn't what a straw man is in my story. Um, and that's one where I wrote actually five sets of lyrics that I didn't like. Mm. I didn't like, but I knew what the song sounded like. And, and the chorus always was there. And uh, uh, so for me, that's it's a song about war. It's a okay. song about war. And it's, you know, the straw man is the, the cannon fodder, is the, the little grunt who gets put out into battle lines. And, uh
0: Okay. We've just talked about every song on the record (laughs) in a span of like five minutes. So that's a a brief synopsis of the new album, which is called Brave Face. Adam LeBeau is here. A show coming up and a CD release on June 3rd at his Broken Branch series in his backyard. Mm -hmm. Acre and a Half, is that right? Acre and a Half, yeah. I remember my facts sometimes. I didn't have that one written down. That was just something I read. Um, Another song?
1: That's really a lovely segue there, John, because I was kind of hoping to play Straw Man today.
0: You do it. So this you is you got the guitar. I don't.
1: <laughs> this one um, was really interesting because it's a pretty big, big number on the album, and I'm sort of gearing up to play some shows in support of the album, and some of those are solo. and I was like, well, how do I play some of these songs differently? So this is one that I've kind of rearranged. I've been having a lot of fun playing it with this different arrangement.
2: dream why your fingers look like bone gunmetal grip everything in slow motion valkyries howling overhead the ground shakes roses painted red Strong man, I know just what you're feeling. Strong man, it's too late to change. Strong man, I know you fall so freely, you burn so easy, You've drawn like a moth to the flame. your pocket later home the sweat from your chest makes the riding and run mindful of murder and entropy twisted cross around your neck that cannot see strong man I know just what you're feeling straw man it's too late to change Strobe, man, you fall oh, so Freely you burn so Easy drawn Like a moth to the flame The iron in the air. You want to close your eyes, but you cannot bear down the chain just like rain falling from the sky. I don't wanna die, no. Strong man, I know what you're feeling. Strong man, it's too late to change. So freely you so easy you drawn, like a am to the- sky aglow, you crest the ridge against the red sun sinking low, somewhere someone cuts a stone, you hear the pipes call you home.
0: Straw Man from Adam LeBeau. Very different than the album version, you're right, because, well, there's the big background vocals thing and the big production. And you should
1: have seen the notes for that one when I got the, uh, the uh, background singers on it. All it said is, very tenacious D-E. <laughs> <laughs> As one of that big bombastic choir behind it, yeah. <laughs>
0: Adam, Adam LeBeau is my guest. First, I think we first met when you were part of the Ragbirds. That's right, yeah. I did not know that you were in the band that became Back 40. I found that in your bio. <laughs> Other bands that you might have... I,
1: I, not, not anything that anyone would really have heard of, I don't think. I mean, I was in a lot of bands that, you know, play The Blind Pig a few times, and then as bands do, they broke up. And, sure. Uh, I was in a band called Soundhound Before there was a Soundhound audio uh, oh. uh, app, yeah. um, I was in a band called Cohesion, which then uh, I found out I got into a festival that I wasn't playing, so I had to change the name. Mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, so uh, there's a, a bunch of bands up north. Uh, I was in a band called Perplex with Dan Ripke of Back 40. Okay. That was kind of our first band together, which I do have an album of that. Uh, that was our first album that we put out. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. fair enough. Yeah. And, uh, excuse me, uh, the new album, again, available June 3rd, fourth in your collection of full-length records. Uh, there was a there was another path I was going to go before I, I wrap this up, and I've lost that too. Where's my, <laughs> where's my mind today? Um, I will have to just come up with it later after we're done recording. Okay. Thank you very much for uh, taking these songs and uh, stripping them down to their basics. Oh, it was, it was actually a quote from the website. It says, John Bomarito, host of the podcast, wait, that's me. Host of the podcast play- playlist, acoustical Alternatives, had this to say about Braveface, because this is when I heard the record after a few listens. With equal parts, the sounds of today and the classic sounds of the 70s and 80s pop LeBeau has a strong new release on his hands. The album had me feeling nostalgic for the radio I listened to as a kid. So since they've heard the songs stripped down in these like, this is how they started mode, yeah. I'm trying to give them a picture of what, if you haven't heard the record yet, because it's not out yet, yeah. it sounds more like this record that could have come out in 1978, <laughs> which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's what you were going for, but that's what I heard.
1: Well, I, I thank you for that. And really th- and thank you for for saying so and uh, uh, taking the time to really listen to it and, and, and read the lyrics Um, This was actually one of the albums that I kind of Mm. didn't go into it with as much production in mind. Um, I was hoping for this to be as live an album as possible. Mm. Uh, And so I got together with uh, three of the musicians, uh, some of the best musicians I knew. Who? Uh, So uh, you had Brennan Andes on bass, uh, Daniel McDonald, who uh, not many people have heard of him around here because he doesn't do a lot of work, but he was originally with... uh, uh, Colin Murphy and myself uh, and Rich Rickman, we started uh, Annalise Company. Uh, so fantastic uh, uh, masterclass drummer, uh, percussionist, actually. Um, and then uh, we had Jesse Morgan on keys. And the, the idea was we were just going to come in together and just feel the songs out together and just, like, we got together for one rehearsal and then I just wanted it to be very, very organic as we played them. And so the songs and the musicians push things in different directions. Um, like for instance, The Rules, when I wrote it, uh, was very David Crosby inspired. Um, and when we played it in the studio, it immediately became this like sort of jazzy soul song, like an R&B tune, really. Um, and so I didn't try to produce it. The songs told me what they needed after we recorded that first uh, uh, live set.
0: Hmm, cool. Well, it turned out well, and congratulations on this record. I hope it does well for you. I hope it gets you more attention you. and gets to play more gigs. And I don't know how you're, I mean, booking gigs is hard. You, you've got time to do that in, in your life, and you've got quite a few on your schedule. So I need to know your secrets, but not right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you want to find out more about the record, Look, if you're listening to this, you can see how his name is spelled because Lebeau might not be a you know intuitive spelling. So just look to your left or up and down or wherever his name is written. Because I'm going to spell it right when I post this, and then I assume it's that dot com, right? That's right. That's right. It wasn't that hard to get that one. Probably not a ton of Adam Labows who are doing music.
1: No, matter of fact, uh, just just don't click on Adam Lambert's site because it, it auto fills usually for yeah.
0: Lambert. Well, I mean, he's not that bad.
1: No, but you know, I'd rather have you come see me. Yeah, I mean,
0: you're not <laughs> fronting Queen or anything, but uh, uh-huh. whatever. Thank you again for your time. Thank you, John. Thank you for listening. If you're listening today, check out the fifty some other ones I've done uh, since I started doing this with uh, Chris Dupont being my first guest many years ago, and I uh, hope you find some others to enjoy. The whole purpose of this is to expose people to music they're not hearing elsewhere so Acoustic Alternatives from Grove Studios thank you to Grove Studios check them out online Grove Studios and uh, have a great day